If y'all, woo, we're a little hot. <laughs> cool us off a little bit. Hello, test, hello. Test, hello. test, test, test. test. It may test. just be the main volume. Uh, and I, I know probably all familiar with this song, and if you are, we've got the words on the screen. If you want to sing along with us, please do. Especially on the chorus, because it's pretty easy. Yeah.
This baby boy would grow to be a man and one day die for me and you. My sins would dry the nails in you. That rugged cross was my cross too. Still every breath you drew was hallelujah. Hallelujah. spoken through you and I know last Sunday through the entire choir great report so thank you for being a part of that for for Miss Pam's leadership and and everybody who was a part it took a lot of work and uh, we've got cause to celebrate our Lord Jesus Christ praise the Lord for him and it's great to be back with you today and we're finishing out 2017 and and in reality all we do is flip one page on a calendar but by our our mentality, a year's over, a new one starts tomorrow. But by God's grace, every single day is a brand new day. We get a new chance every time we wake up. Uh, so this is a new one, and it's not even half over this day. So we praise the Lord for what He's given. And it's great to be with you to, to celebrate. And uh, I do, I want to share some verses from Philippians chapter 3. Uh, Paul's writing to the church, and he's giving them a, an encouragement, but also a challenge. He's He's kind of laying out his his vision and, and how he goes into brand new days and brand new challenges. So Philippians chapter 3, beginning with verse 12, Paul says this, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind And reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Bow with me together now as we pray again. Heavenly Father, we're thankful, thankful for who you are, thankful for what you do, uh, thankful for your direction in life. Uh, you have got a plan and a vision for every single one of us, and, uh, and God, you've customized it to who we are by your grace. So help us to obey you, to follow you, and to strive for what you've got planned as we offer this prayer together now. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so this is the time of year that a lot of us make resolutions. And you don't have to be a genius to realize that a lot of our resolutions are focused on what? Weight. 
Watch the TV, Nutrisystem. This is when they buy their ads. I mean, they're on there, and, and everybody, Marie Osmond and Dan Marino's already, I guess, stopped being on there, but they've got other th- Nutrisystem for men and the Fast Start, whatever it is, 15 or something. But so many of us make resolutions related to weight. We might uh, make it related to exercise. You've got uh, the the Nordic track and those, their ads, are, they've got more ads now than they had before Christmas. Because we've decided 2018, I'm going to eat less, I'm going to exercise more. And a lot of us, and, and like I for one, I need to do that. I really do. For, for my health, that's what I need to do. And, and many of us do. So they take advantage of that. A lot of our resolutions, and those are good resolutions if we need to do that. Uh, there was a time when my son, Francis, he needed to eat more. So it's good to have health resolutions that, that are focused on that. It's great to have a resolution related to, to work. You're going to work more efficiently or more effectively, or maybe God's leading you in a different work direction. Those are great things. But Paul here is talking about something a, a whole lot bigger and a whole lot better. He's not just talking about diet and exercise and work or, or vacation time. Maybe you've you've said for you know years you've wanted to go to this place or that on vacation, and 2018 is going to be the year. It's wonderful to have something to to strive toward, to look toward. But Paul tells them this. Let me let me read again, uh, verse 14. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He's got a different goal in mind. A lot of Christians, and I heard this said about one man, and I don't for the life of me remember who he was, but years ago I heard a, a, a state convention person or a director of missions or someone or an evangelist say that his heart broke for pastors, not for the ones who got to an age who were no longer able to do it, but he said, my heart breaks for the ones who were just coasting. Just coasting for retirement. Just trying to make it to retirement and they've put the car in neutral and they're just gliding. Now, I'm not as young as I used to be and none of us are, honestly. I'm already beginning to recognize that my strength is changing and I do need to exercise more and eat better. But I can't do the things I could do 20 years ago. But there's some things I can do better now than I could do 20 years ago. So what Paul's telling the Philippians, and I think through them telling us, is not that, that we need to strive for something that we're not able to do, but he's telling them, and, and this, is the, this is the great apostle. We, we talked about him in Sunday school this morning. This, this guy is reaching towards something, and he's already accomplished great and tremendous things. 2,000 years later, we talk about him, the great missionary. But he's saying, I haven't attained anything, but I'm striving towards something. So in 2018, how is it going to be different than your 2017 or 16 or 15 or previous years? What's going to be different? If the main goal you have next year is related to exercise or eating or work, those things are going to change eventually anyway. Physically, 10 or 15 years from now, you, if, particularly if you're my age or older, you're not going to be in the shape you are now. 
Even if you lose weight, your body's going to change. You, you very well may gain some back later on, even eating the same thing. So those things aren't, aren't things that we can change. We need to do it, but they're not eternal. That's really what Paul's talking about here. He's striving for something that's a lot bigger and a lot better and a lot more long-lasting than whether he loses 15 pounds or, or whether he can live lift 50 more pounds in, in curls. Or whether he gets a promotion at work or the accolades of people. He's saying, I'm, I'm pressing toward the mark. Verse 13, I don't count myself to have already apprehended, but one thing I do... And this is what we're going to focus on this morning. Forgetting those things which are behind and pressing toward those things which are ahead. So forgetting what's behind and pressing toward what's ahead. But backing up one verse, Paul tells us really how we do that. Listen to what he says. Not that I've already attained or already perfected, but I press on for this that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. And if I set a personal goal, that's really my goal, right? I can change my mind next month and say, yeah, you know what? I made a bad decision. But if I'm pressing on toward that for which Jesus Christ laid hold of me, that's a bigger purpose. And Jesus Christ isn't going to change his mind. Now think about that. I, I sat in a church I pastored one Sunday and, and there was a guy sitting about where Connie is. And the, the story for that family was, was kind of sad. They, they had a 14-year-old daughter who had, who had gotten pregnant. And, and there was a little baby sitting on this guy's lap. And the situations of that conception and of that child's birth, they, they just really weren't good. They weren't the kind of things anybody would have chosen. But this guy took the baby in during the, the sermon or, or message or, or worship service, and he took the baby and he held him in his arms, and, and I noticed it. I kind of saw what happened. So after service, I went up to this guy and I said, I... Now, he was sitting beside you, and I saw you pick him up, and you put him in your arms, and, and you put your head against his, and you started crying. Tell me what that was all about. And the guy, the granddad, started weeping, and he said, you know, for, for three years since the, the, the pregnancy was, was known, he said, for three years, I thought this child was a mistake. And the circumstances weren't good. They, they weren't what God would, would have ordained, not the way that the pregnancy happened. But he said, I've recognized this morning that even though the circumstances of, of this little guy's birth weren't what we would choose, that God gave him to us and he's a blessing. Now that's not condoning what had happened to a 14-year-old girl now. You may be here this morning and maybe your mom and dad told you you were an accident or they weren't expecting you. But God was. 
And what Paul is saying is, I'm striving not that that I want to lose 15 pounds or lift 50 more pounds or get a promotion at work or get more famous in the world. He said, I'm striving for that for which Jesus Christ laid hold of me. Jesus Christ had and has a purpose for every single one of our lives. He redeemed us for a reason. He's got a purpose for you and for me. And so, yes, I can change my mind or I can make a bad decision. That's, that's human. But God doesn't change his mind and he's never made a bad decision. And so Paul's striving for something more eternal and more perfect. So as you and I march into 2018, the question I want us to focus on this morning is, what are we striving for? Is it that temporary stuff that might be good, might be really good? It may be worthwhile for us to devote some time and energy to these things. But the overarching purpose of our lives is something that God determines. It's the reason He redeemed us. You may have heard that the story, I heard it when I was a kid and I've, I've never forgotten it and Maybe I've twisted it some and left out some details, but the story of the little boy who, who made a boat, he, he made it with his own hand and scraps and he put it together and uh, he put it in the stream back behind his parents' house and once he put it in the water, the little boat was gone. It, it worked, it floated, so it went downstream. Well, he lost it. Well, sometime later, he was in a consignment store or pawn shop and he saw his little boat there. And he scraped up together his allowance and his savings and any money he could get hand, his hands on. And he went to the shop owner and he, he paid for his boat, bought it back. And then as he left the store, the story goes, the little boy had the boat in his hands. And he said, to, talking to himself to the boat, he said, now you're mine. You're doubly mine. You're mine because I made you. But you're also mine because I bought you. You're completely mine. Well, now that's a picture of what Jesus Christ did for you and me. He made us what He bought us. And redemption is really what that little boy did at the, at the pawn shop. You know, you, you, somebody has pawned something, and so you go in and pay the price on that item's head, and you're, it's given to you. You've redeemed it. That's what redemption, that's a picture of what redemption is. You've purchased it back. So Jesus Christ, He redeemed us. He grabbed hold of us for something. And it wasn't just to lose 15 pounds. He redeemed you and me for really two reasons. First of all was to save you and me from the eternity that we deserved. Now, that's number one. But number two, he's got an expectation of us. That once he's redeemed us, that we're going to be the channel or the conduit through which he works to take his message to other people so that he might redeem them too. Now, that's a lot more important than losing a few pounds in 2018. And now, please don't hear me if, if your doctor told you to lose weight. I am not telling you not to do it 
that's not the point. Because again, I need to, and I will. What the, my, my, my pattern is I'll gain a few pounds a year for several years, and then I'll lose it all. It's what I do. And so I'm pretty much at the point right now, all right, I need to lose some, and I'll do it. But those are really just temporary things. Jesus Christ redeemed us for a purpose. So Paul says here how to do it. He said, first of all, he's, he wants to lay hold of that for which Jesus Christ laid, for, laid hold of him for. And then he said, forgetting, verse 13, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. So the first thing he did is forget what's behind. As we get ready to flip the page on a calendar, there are probably some things all of us need to forget. We need to forget failures that we've had in the past. Anybody ever failed at anything? I mean, now, honestly, honestly, we, we all have. We have failed at countless things. And some of them are big things. By God's grace, every day is a new day. And we do learn through failures. But we need to leave that behind. And the hurts. People have hurt you. Things have happened that were unfortunate. Leave it in the past. I had a friend once who had been uh, terribly wronged. Just a few years ago, we were talking about it. And he, he'd been terribly, terribly wronged. He, when he told the story of how a person had, had wronged him and, and deserved retribution, he was absolutely correct. There, it was unquestionable. But then he told me this. He said, I realized that the greatest thing I needed to let go of in my life so that I could be healthy and I could serve the Lord better was my anger. At the person who had hurt me. And now, this, this guy was right. He, he, there aren't many, I've never been insulted and hurt in the terrible way that my friend had been. And he's telling me, he said, for his own benefit, I had to let go of it. I had to leave it behind. And you may be there. Paul said, I'm forgetting what's behind. Another thing that, that we need to leave behind is disappointments. You wanted to accomplish something and you didn't, or you were disappointed in someone and, and they let you down. It doesn't make it unimportant, but it's no longer the focus of our life. But folks, the greatest thing we need to leave behind is our sin. The sin that entangles us, the sin that encumbers us, the sin that overwhelms us. I, I've never heard the sermon preached, but the sermon what, 200 years ago centers in the hands of an angry God, and the, the image in it is of we're dangling like over a, a pit hanging by just a, a thread, and the, and the flames are, are licking up, and, and it's an angry God whom we have insulted and offended, and who our sin has lashed out against. And uh, Jonathan Edwards said, that's the one who's holding the string. Now, if he can forgive us and leave it behind, 
then you and I need to leave it behind too. Again, doesn't mean it's not important. We need to be a new creature. Take off the old. And put on the new. Leave it behind. I've got another friend who was, was an alcoholic and a drug addict at an earlier time in his life, 20, 30 years ago. And if he shares his testimony, he'll, he'll often, matter of fact, always, he'll talk about that moment. And, and he won't spend a lot of time on it, but he'll mention it. His wife told me once after I had heard him and was sitting there, and I said, now, how, I didn't know him back then. Now, how, how bad was he? And she said, to be honest, not nearly as bad as he says. But the weight of what he did weighs on him so much that, that he is eternally grateful that God redeemed him out of that lifestyle and gave him a new one. So he can't share the joy of Jesus Christ without recognizing what God allowed him to leave behind. And he doesn't say it in, in a glorious way. He, he'll mention it. We need to leave our sin behind and go toward the new. Paul said, I, I forgot what's behind and I'm, I'm pressing forward. But there's another thing that we need to leave behind. We need to leave behind the negative. But folks, sometimes we need to leave behind our achievements and accomplishments and successes too. We can live in the past. And it doesn't make the past unimportant. It doesn't mean that we didn't achieve everything that somebody gives us an award for. But tomorrow is a new day. You know, the, of course, y'all know I'm a, a college football fan and I went to Clemson. And one of the things I appreciated about the coach when the season started, and they're in the, the playoffs tomorrow night and they've done real well, but before the season started, somebody said something about defending the national championship. And he said, hang on a minute. We're not defending anything. This is a new team. They didn't, they're not the ones who won it last year. Now, understand what he was saying. In a nice way, probably to motivate his players partly too. But in a nice way, he's saying, hey, that was last year. That is not this year. So leave behind successes even when they're great, even when you earn them, even when you work diligently to make it happen. Even when you deserve every accolade someone gives. Paul's saying, I'm, I'm forgetting what's behind. And I'm pressing towards something else. There's another goal out there. Now, when we achieve something, we, we can build on it. So the skills and the, the relationships that we built, those are not unimportant, but we build on them so that next time can be even greater. Conway Baptist Church has got a great history. It's a good history. But this is a new day. This is a different day. And that doesn't make the wonderful history unimportant or insignificant. And it's certainly not a negative thing. But this is a brand new day. And Jesus Christ redeemed us for something. There's a reason that you and I are still alive. And when I was born, I, you know, 55, 56 years ago almost, back then they didn't have incubators in every uh, hospital. 
And I was born in a little small hospital in Bennettsville, South Carolina. Uh, two months premature, weighed a little bit over four pounds. And then after the fact, the nurses told my parents, one of them in particular, she said, you know, he was just such a scrawny nothing baby, sick, breathing problems and all that. And she said, I didn't think when I got off my shift and came back the next day that there was any way he'd still be alive. And so that, that nurse had spent the first night of my life rubbing me on the back because of, they couldn't let me go to sleep. Because if I went to sleep, I wouldn't have woken up, is just what she said. She said, so I spent all night keeping him awake. And I never thought he'd be here. So when my, my parents left the hospital with me, like two months later, that nurse saw my parents and said, there's a purpose that God's got for that little guy's life where he never would have made it. Now, the truth is, that's true for every single one of us. Not just me who was sick, but even if you were a perfectly healthy 8 or 9 or 10 pound child and nothing in the world was wrong with you, you're here by God's grace. There's a reason that he breathed life into you. So in your darkest days, when you're wondering, hey, is it all worth it? And, and uh, you know, depression is something that many people face, and, and we can minimize it, but it's real. In those darkest days, remember you are here because Jesus Christ breathed life into you. He's got a purpose for your life. So we forget the failures of the past. We even forget the successes of the past. And we recognize there's a reason for this day. For today. And it's why Jesus Christ laid hold of us. So we're striving toward of what's in the future. We're longing for what God wants to do with us. We're, we're longing to accomplish what God would have us accomplish. So what are some of the things that God may want us to reach forward to? Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Verse 14, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God and Christ Jesus. What could Jesus Christ want of you or me today? One thing He wants of us is that we have a closer walk with Him. You know, it's easy to take things for granted. And, you know, we come to church and we're respected in the community. And, uh, but Jesus Christ wants you and me to walk more closely with Him every day. To serve Him more fully every single day. To bring Him glory. Him glory. Do you recognize that a lot of the goals and resolutions we set are often things that will bring us glory? You know, the will, especially when, when we're younger, you know, people want to accomplish this or accomplish that. Those are things that bring us glory. Well, what about setting a goal that will bring glory to the infinite creator of the universe? When you think about the, what Paul's saying here, I'm striving, I'm reaching forward to, I'm straining for that for which he claimed me. And we think it's the creator of the universe who made everything and he claimed you and he claimed me by on purpose. He meant to do it. 
And he had a reason for it. And so our life is laid out for him. And 2018 is a year that we get to serve him, walk more closely with him, and bring him glory. What an incredible calling. That we can bring glory to him. That people can know him because of us. You know, some ways that you may be able, and I don't want to give too many specifics because I I pray that God is and will speak to your heart to show you what He would have you do. But how about mentoring a younger or newer Christian? They may not be younger, but mentoring a Christian who, who hasn't been a follower of Christ for so long. Taking them under your wing. That's what Paul did for Timothy. Honestly, it's what Ananias did for Paul. When Paul had scales over his eyes, one of the most incredible moments in Scripture is when God sent one of his followers to lay hands on Paul the murderer. And he said, you're going to find him in a street called Straight, and you're to, you're to lay hands on him and... and uh, and restore his sight. Now, if you know that Paul came with letters in his hands to kill you, are, are you really, you're not going to want to help him get his sight back. I wouldn't. The first question you know, anybody would say, God, are you sure? And he probably prayed, are you sure? The answer was, yes, I'm sure. I'm not wrong about this. I told you what to do, now go do it. Now, don't you know that a few years later, he is so delighted that he went and was the person that got to lay his hands on Paul and watch those scales fall from his eyes? If he was in the back of some gathering with thousands of people and Paul the Apostle was standing up and people were hearing the Word of God and and even scribes and Pharisees and and rulers and leaders were coming to know Christ, don't you know he was back there some way saying, God, thank you for letting me be the one. And we don't know anything else that God did much. We followed Christ in the day he put his hands on Paul and prayed for him. We don't know a whole lot about the North Carolina pastor who was leading a revival and Billy Graham gave his life to Christ that day, but we know a lot about Billy Graham. But both of them followed God's direction. So when we pour into somebody else, we're really doing what the Great Commission says, go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded, baptizing them, and I'm with you always. He tells us to spend our lives discipling and teaching and baptizing. What an incredible calling. So 2018 can be a year when you and I spend as much effort devoted to pouring into other people as we do pouring into our own life. The right food and the right exercise and the right this and the right that that makes us stronger. We can pour into other people to help make them spiritually stronger. I've got a kind of a funny story about uh, that I think about when I think about pouring into others. Lee Davis, who's a 
a missions pastor uh, near Charlotte, Monroe. He was in college with me, so he was a couple years older. Well, we both got the, the bright idea. At, at Clemson, there's a road around two miles long perimeter road that goes all the way around the campus. So we got the idea, I don't know if it was mine or his, but that we were going to run around campus. We we're going to get better in shape and, and all that. We we're going to run around campus. So we start running at a kind of a moderate, not fast, but a moderate pace. Now, this is two people in, in decent shape, but who weren't runners, okay? So we start running. We're running stride for side. Stride leaves are four or five inches taller than me. Well, I was determined. I started getting tired fast. But I was determined I'm not stopping till he stops. Now, again, moderate, we weren't blazing trail, but we were, you know, moderately running. We go around, we get on the back side, and at, and at this point, you're, 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 kind, you're understanding we're in the home stretch. So at that point, it was easier. But we get the, the last five, six, seven hundred yards, I am just, dying and we ran up and it was Fike Fieldhouse which was the old back in the the 20s and 30s is where they played basketball at Clemson back then so we get the the Fike Fieldhouse and we both crossed where we had started which was a set of steps we weren't saying anything we ran the whole however far it was we passed those steps and the minute both of us passed those steps we both fell in the grass like this just just absolutely dying. We didn't either one of us make it more than 10 feet past the steps. And it took me a, a while you know, before I could breathe or talk or anything. And I, I looked, and we're still both just laying there. And I looked over at Lee and I said, man, you just about killed me. You and your long legs. And he said, Me? I wasn't going to stop because you kept running. (laughs) And we, as soon as we could get our breath a little bit better, then we're both laying in the grass laughing. And Lee said, we're going to remember this day. About how we both drew strength from each other to do what neither one of us was capable of doing alone. Now, we couldn't have done it. We couldn't have. But we did it together. Now, when you pour into somebody else, when you're running this journey with them, and meanwhile they're pouring back into you, this is not a one-way street. The things God can do are just as extraordinary as two out-of-shape college students running twice as far as either one of them ever had because they ran it together. God's got a plan for you in 2018. He knows exactly what it is, and it's a plan you can accomplish. Not because you're great enough and strong enough and wise enough, but because He is. And He laid hold of you for that. So it'll happen, provided we're surrendered to Him and that we give Him 2018.
Bow with me together as we pray. Heavenly Father, we're thankful. We're thankful for who you are and thankful for what you do. And God, you do amazing things and you allow us to be a part of it. That, that's incredible. We don't deserve it. We deserve punishment for all eternity for the sin in our lives. But you offer us grace. God, you're incredible. We pray that in 2018, we will be able to lift up your name even better than we ever have before. That Conway Baptist Church will be a lighthouse, that light will shine through the community and far, far beyond. And that you will be glorified, that your name will be lifted up, that people will come to know you. And God, we'll trust you for what happens at Conway Baptist. But God, our desire is to lift you up. Help us to do it better. More fully. And we surrender to you now. As we offer this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Our hymn of invitation and commitment this morning is hymn 320. Uh, Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. Things of earth will grow strangely, strangely, strangely dim in light of his glory and his grace. As we stand together and sing, this is a time of commitment, not just for a new year, but a brand new day. This is a new day. And tomorrow, every day is going to be a new one. That in the days that, that follow, you're going to turn your eyes fully on Him. This altar is open. You can come kneel here. I'll be at the front to receive you. Uh, but this is a time to say yes to Jesus Christ as we stand together and sing.